I'm Erica Lacasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today we'll be talking about the covering. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today is the 10th of January 2022. I hope you had a great first week of the new year. I do want to apologize for not having a podcast last week. I have been traveling. In fact, I still am traveling at the time of this um, actually being broadcast. I am at home back in North Carolina, but I'm actually uh, pre-recording this in the hotel room. And the internet is not super great. So this is actually the third time I've actually tried to do this particular podcast. So I uh, appreciate you guys for sticking it out and, and waiting for me to get another podcast in, especially since I did forget last week, not even forgot. I just was at a conference. That's what, why I'm in Florida right now. But before we get into that, I want to get, go over the tour portion for this particular upcoming week. It's Bishalach. It's Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 to chapter 17, verse 16. Then we have Judges chapter four, verse four to chapter five, verse 31. That would be the half Torah portion. Then we have the Brit Hadashah, which is Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 24. The highlight for me this particular week for this portion was definitely the half Torah portion, which is uh, in Judges 4, verses 4 through 5, chapter 5, verse 31, which is all about Deborah. And she's one of my favorite people in the Bible. She's definitely my one of my most favorite women in the Bible. She was a mighty woman of God and... Under the covering and the blessing of her husband, she was able to do mighty works for the Israeli people. She was one of the judges of Israel, and she was a prophetess. And I definitely encourage you to read about her and everyone else in the Bible. So today I'm going to talk about being too good to not believe and the covering of Yeshua. And I definitely was struggling kind of what even to title this. Ben and I uh, started traveling on the 1st of January, drove down here to Florida at the Rosen Plaza uh, Hotel and Conference Center. We, we went to the IAMCS conference, which for those of you who uh, don't know, that stands for the International Alliance of Messianic Con- Congregations and Synagogues. It's been around since 1986. And... Since Ben and I have um, just taken over the congregation since our rabbi stepped down, we really felt that it was something that we needed to do. We needed to go to this conference and make connections and just learn what being uh, a leader and even being the covering for our people um, is really all about. And I tell you what, there were so many, uh, I guess you would call them big names in the Messianic world but really just great speakers and great leaders of their different congregations. We, we had uh, Rabbi David Rosenberg, uh, Deborah and David uh, Chernoff, and we had Rabbi Joel Lieberman and uh, Rabbi Jeff Seif. Hopefully I said that correctly. Rabbi Frank Lowinger. <clears throat> then we had, uh, Rabbi Jeff Foreman, Rabbi Michael Wolf, Rabbi Eric Carlson, 
And we also had Rabbi Kevin Solomon. And then we ended everything with Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. And most of you are familiar with at least the very last one, which is Jonathan Kahn, which is probably why they, they ended with him. But um, it was just jam-packed of different sessions from Sunday night to Wednesday night. And it was just a really good time to connect. Ben and I actually agree that the sessions weren't necessarily even our favorite part. Our favorite part was actually making the different connections with different leaders. Um, you know, one day we actually they had anyone who wanted to go play mini golf. And then we had to have teams of four, which meant that, you know, Ben and I had to actually play mini golf with people we don't know. And, um, it was a really great time. We, we played with Ellie and David and, um, just a sweet, sweet couple for, uh, from Oregon of all places. Um, cause we're in Florida. So they, they flew a long, long way. And then, um, our other favorite part was actually having the, um, millennial session. So anyone under, under 50 came to the session and it was a, a lot smaller group. Um, we actually, evidently they had like a well, almost, I think almost 30 people, uh, rabbis and congregational leaders who actually canceled due to, um, I guess the Omicron virus and also because of, uh, just the weather in uh, other parts of the world. Um, and, um, we made some really great connections. I know Jonathan and Catherine and Diane and Rusty and then uh, Mo and Mercy Wolf. Um, I really enjoyed speaking with them. And we actually ended up having uh, sitting at their table the last night while we listened to Jonathan Kahn and they were just fantastic. But <clears throat> I know you're probably like, Erica, what's the point? You're dropping all these names. Who cares? But I want to make sure that we understand that as a leader, life can be very difficult simply because we don't have anyone else to talk to about things that are going on in our own lives. Um, at least I know a lot of other leaders feel that way because we are kind of supposed to be set apart and we're also supposed to be the covering for those in our congregation. Um, we're supposed to be the shepherds of uh, the sheep in our congregation and it makes it very difficult um, to not get burned out or be overwhelmed. And, you know, Ben and I, it was a good time for us to go because we haven't been in it long enough to have that issue. <laughs> so we kind of learned some um, tips and tricks to um, really just keep our focus on Yeshua and not worrying about those things. But the other thing I really want to encourage people to look at is a website called um, Shepherd's Heart Ministries. So it's S-H- Heart Ministries, and um, they were probably my favorite person. SHMinistry.com. They were my favorite people in the entire thing. Um, they work with other leaders, pastors, and rabbis, and um, their name are uh, Larry and Lori Russell. And they just really spoke to me on a really deep level, um, personal level, spiritual level, um, for anyone who's struggling in their marriage, or in their ministry. And by the way, your ministry could simply be your children um, or your workplace. That's a ministry. Wherever you're at, wherever God has placed you, that is where that is your ministry. And um, just remembering that your identity isn't your ministry. It should be in Yeshua. But you cannot give someone else what you don't possess. 
And this is something that Lori Russell said in one of her sessions, but it's also something that I've, I've heard a million times from a podcast that I listen to, um, Heidi St. John, the busy mom podcast. You, you cannot give what you do not possess. And if you don't have love in your heart, how are we to love others? And I think this goes back to the most important thing in scripture. Um, and that is loving your neighbor as yourself. And I think that we, I don't know why, but we do tend to <laughs> forget about that. And it's not something that we should. Um, you know, if you go to Matthew 22, 34 to 40, it's, um, you know, I like the Tree of Life version. That's the Bible that I read on here. It's titled The Greatest Mitzvah. So I know most of you know what it is, but it's the the Pharisees, when they heard that Yeshua had silenced the Sadducees, gathered together in one place and testing him, one of them, a lawyer asked, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the Torah? And he said to him, you shall love Adonai your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The entire Torah and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And, you know, it's something I've really just, I don't know, I've just really been thinking about. And, the, you know, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, has really been pressing upon me this week is, you know, how can you love others if you do not love me? How can you love others if you do not love yourself? And I think it's really important for us to get our priorities correct. And that's something that the Shepherd's Heart Ministries, um, they talked about a lot is that there are actually um, seven pillars of ministry or really of your life and, and really has to do with the different priorities and where are you putting those priorities in your life? Obviously, Adonai should be number one. Adonai, Yeshua, the Ruach HaKodesh, they are number one in your life. But what's after that? Is it your ministry? A lot of times we even put our ministries ahead of Yeshua. And it's like, uh, you wouldn't have this ministry if you didn't have Yeshua. He's our foundation. Our foundation should be firmly planted in Yeshua. And when he's firmly planted, we're able to move on to the second one and the third one and the fourth one. And um, the second one would be husband and wife. So your husband or your wife should be your second priority. Your third priority should be your children. A lot of us um, definitely get that mixed up, um, especially for moms. It's very difficult. I know for me starting out, especially when my husband was deployed a lot, it was just me and the children and not my husband. That was very difficult. But my husband and I early on, we kind of nipped that in the butt and said, no, we are not putting our children before our marriage because you know what? Your children are going to grow up and they're going to move away. And then what are you left with? A marriage that's broken because you never made it a priority. So putting your husband and your wife, your marriage first, then your children, and then your service to God. So your ministry, anything that you do, no matter what it is, um, your service to Adonai should be number four. Your fifth is extended family and friends. Okay. So like, you know, my mom and my dad and my, my sister and my nephew and uh, my, my sister-in-law, my mother-in-law, anyone else, um, extended family and friends. They actually are uh, lower on the totem pole than your ministry and everything else. Um, but you don't give away what is your spouse's either. That was something else I learned. But this all comes back to 
you're covering. If your covering is Yeshua, all of those other things should fall into place pretty naturally. Um, I know that we struggle with these different things. You know, my husband's greatest struggle is because he's a workaholic. He worked in the Marine Corps for 20 years and that was priority. And so now he has to change, shift gears, if you will, and make it so that Yeshua is now the top priority. And when you make Yeshua the top priority, all those other things fall into place because the way you make Yeshua your priority is by spending time with him, by talking with him, by reading his word, by listening to his word, by listening to music about Yeshua, by just being in his presence. You know, they talked about, um, uh, Larry and Lori Russell talked about how a lot of people, you know, they tell you to just, um, one of the first things they tell you to do is actually, uh, go and spend 45 minutes with Jesus. No, no Bible, no music, no anything, just 45 minutes with, with, with Yeshua. And most people, and this is, you know, they're dealing with leaders who are like, I don't know how to do that. And that to me is heartbreaking. If you cannot spend 45 minutes with your Messiah, um, I would encourage you to reassess and, and decide, you know, maybe Yeshua, you're not my priority. Help me to be um, able to put you at the top because that's where he goes. And um, I want to read to you, uh, John five, 36 to 47, but the testimony I have is greater than that from John. The works the father has given me to finish the very works I'm doing testify about me that the father has sent me and the father who sent me has testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice nor seen his form, nor do you have his word living in you because you do not trust the one he sent. You search the scriptures because you suppose that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me. Yet you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. I do not accept glory from men, but I know you, that you do not have the love of God in yourselves. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. But if another comes in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and you do not seek the glory that comes from God alone. Do not think that I will accuse you before the father. The one who accuses you is Moses in whom you have put your hope. For if you were believing Moses, you would believe in me because he wrote about me. But since you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? And so I would argue that if you do not have Yeshua as your top, then you would you need to reassess your salvation. You need to reassess uh, what your priorities are in your life. And um, I think it's something that's good for all believers to do every once in a while. Say, you know what, Lord, am I, am, am I putting you first? Show me in every aspect of my life that I'm putting you first. I'm placing you first. I'm allowing you to continue to be the covering over my life. And... This past week has just been kind of overwhelming. I'm honestly, I'm still trying to process it. And it's um, it's been a lot. But I, I really feel like, okay, you need to focus on love, Erica. Because there's so many times, especially in my own life, where I forget to love myself before I try to love others. And in trying to love others, I'm not actually able to really love them because I don't know how to love myself. And 
I think it's good that, you know, they talk about first Corinthians 13 as being like the love chapter, but I do want to read to you the very beginning of it because it's something that really just rings true for me that even if you're a great speaker or you just, you know, you feel like you don't even have a ministry. If you cannot focus on the fact that we need to have love in our hearts for Yeshua first and know him intimately first, then who are we and what is our identity in? So 1 Corinthians 13, 1, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I go give away all that I own, and if I hand over my body so I might boast, but I have not love, I gain nothing. You know, so many times we, instead of seeking Yeshua's face, we seek power and we seek to glorify ourselves instead of Yeshua. And I think that when we take him out of the context that he is created to be, he is created to be our covering and be over us and to shelter us and protect us and guide us and lead us. When we take that away and we try to do things in our own power, we lose sight of the bigger picture and we lose sight of what it is that we are called to do on this earth. And that is to glorify him in every word, thought, and deed. In first Peter four, eight, this used to literally was my favorite. This was my mantra. This was my favorite, favorite verse as a teenager. I think I misunderstood <laughs> kind of the context of this, of this particular verse, but it's true. Um, we're all sinners and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We uh, sin on a daily basis without even recognizing that we do. But the difference is that we are aspiring to become more and more like Yeshua. And when we do that, when we truly aspire to become more and more like Yeshua, we choose to love. And when I say love, I don't mean the new age, oh, lovey-dovey-dovey. No, there are a lot of different aspects to love. There's instruction. There's discipline. There's the actual love part. There's kindness, gentleness, patience, you know, you go back to, you know, the love thing. They talk about it, right? It's kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't brag. It's not puffed up. It does not behave inappropriately. It does not seek its own way. It's not provoked. It keeps no account of wrong. It does not rejoice over injustice, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. It never fails. And going back to 1 Peter 4, 8, uh, still one of my very favorite verses of the Bible, but it says, above all, keep your love for one another constant, for love covers a multitude of sins. It's kind of like, you know, when your kids screw up and, or, you know, they've sinned and, you know, it doesn't stop you from loving them. You may not like them in the moment, but it doesn't stop you from loving them. And I think that we need to get back to that as believers. And instead of having these ridiculous expectations of each other, or expecting other people to fulfill our identity, um, and in so doing, not truly loving them or ourselves. We need to get back to what Yeshua says, and that's to love your neighbor as yourself. But how can you love your neighbor if you yourself don't love yourself? Hopefully that made sense. But that's really what it, I had in my heart this particular week. You know, we need to go back to the basics Remember who our covering is. And in the same time, remember who our foundation is. 
you know, they talked about it in their session, Larry and Lori Russell, about how the foundation when you're building a house is probably the most ugly part of the building. And yet it's so important because without the foundation, the house itself cannot stand. And we need to remember that not only does Yeshua cover us in the shadow of his wings, but he also needs to be our foundation. Who are we standing upon? Will we be able to stand up and say, no, I'm not willing to go any farther in love and do so with kindness? So I think basically what I kind of want to just make sure that this comes comes through is just exactly what Yeshua said to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And, you know, that goes back to even the Shema, which we we are, uh, my husband and I, we say twice a day um, when we get up in the morning before we go to bed at night. And that, you know, is to, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. I pray that each and every one of us would just take a moment to reflect. You know, this is a new year. This is a new opportunity for us to get ourselves right with the Lord. And then right with ourselves. And right with our spouses and our loved ones. And those that we are in ministry with. Whether that be a whole congregation or just our children. Um, And by just our children, I don't mean to demean that at all. I think... Being a mother is one of the most important things in the entire world for anyone to have as a ministry and that children are a blessing and that it's super important for us to remember them, but also to remember that our marriage comes first. May you have a blessed week. And as I do every single week, I'm going to leave you with the ironic benediction, which you can find in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 20. Six, now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua, Sashalom, in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Have a great week, everybody. And I will be talking to you again next week. Please feel free to message me at messymessianicmama.com or... You can email me at ELMMM3 at protonmail.com. That's E is in Echo, L is in Lemur, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, the number three at protonmail.com. You can also leave me a one minute voicemail message on anchor.fm slash Erica Lacasse, and it should have a button right there to say, leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet if you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment. I would love to hear from you.